We meet today in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19 to verse 31. This is the allegory of Hagar and Sarai. Galatians chapter 4 concludes with an allegory of Hagar and Sarai. All is contrast in this section between these two women. Hagar and Sarai, Abraham's wives in conflict, illustrate the conflict between law and grace. Law and grace. The Judaizers, indeed all Jews, took great pride in their descent from godly Abraham. However, as John the Baptist and Jesus pointed out, merely being descended from Abraham was not enough to secure salvation. This we find in Matthew chapter 3, verse 9, John chapter 8, verse 37 to 44. Now, Paul made the same point in this section now, though from a slightly different perspective. So, Hagar and every reference to her under other figures of speech actually represents the law. Sarai and every, and every reference to her under other figures of speech also represents faith in Christ Jesus. My children, for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Paul addresses his allegory to the Galatian believers by using his tender expression. Now, he begins by that statement, my little children. Now, children is the Greek word tekner, meaning born one or one who has been born. You see, Paul has a very tender heart and he likens himself to a mother and he is saying, I have given birth to you in the faith. And that's a wonderful relationship to have with a church like this. And I often think of every time my mother would want to rebuke me of anything I would have gone wrong. If she would say, my son, and when that comes, you have the sense of the one who has given birth to me is now speaking from the heart. And it calls my attention. Because Paul birthed the churches in Galatia by the preaching of the gospel. He calls them my children. In fact, that gives him the right to speak to them as a mother or even as a father. What does he say? He said, I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Galatians 4 verse 20. You see, Paul wanted to be present so that he would speak differently. He was deeply concerned about these people he called his children in the faith. He had been using strong language in his letter. But you see now, he is wanting to be tender. And he says, I would like to be present with you now. And to even change my tone, I don't like to speak in the way I am. But he points out something to say, for I have doubts about you. Listen to Paul speaking. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Galatians 4 verse 21. You see, there are people who walk 
and talk about the Ten Commandments or some legal system, but they don't talk about the penalty imposed by the law. They don't present the law in the full orb of its ministry, especially that ministry of condemnation. Notice what happened when God called Moses to the mountain to give him the law. When we read in Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 to verse 21, we hear, Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through the gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. Now, this is an interesting reading. God told the people to stand back, actually to stand far off, when he gave Moses the law. And that is what we see, particularly from verse 18 to verse 19. Exodus chapter 20, verse 18 to verse 19. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightnings, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. You see what the law does. When the law was given, people were driven away. Why? Because the law condemns. We cannot conceive of how holy God is. You and I are renegades. We are renegades in God's universe. We are in the position of being lost sinners in God's universe with no capacity to follow or even obey him, let alone his commandments. The law condemns. Romans 8 verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. My friend, the carnal mind is enmity against God. The world is against God. It is not for God. The world is not getting better. It is becoming more evil each day. And it has been bad since the day God put Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. Romans 8 verse 7 goes on to say, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. You see, no wonder the children of Israel trembled and moved away from the mountain and said, We will die. Why? Because the law is difficult for the carnal mind to be comprehended. For it is not subject to the law of God. The carnal mind will never be. 
God is high and holy. He is lifted up and he dwells in glory. You and I are down here on earth making mud pies in the world because physically we are made out of mud, by the way. We creatures walk about here on the earth and have the audacity to walk contrary to the will of God. Now, the carnal mind is enmity against God. That is man's position in this world. Never, never again will you find man who has a mind that is a friendly mind towards God. Naturally, we are enemies with God. Paul says, listen to the law. You haven't even had it yet. You see, it was true. The Galatians had not actually had the law. The giving of the law was not beautiful and cozy, but it was terrifying. The Galatians seemed to want to be under the law. Now Paul was going to let them hear that law. What does he, he say? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bond woman, the other by a free woman. You see here, Abraham is a good example there. Paul uses an illustration from the life of Abraham. And of course, that story is found in Genesis 16, Genesis 17, 18, 19, and 21. Paul is going to make a contrast between these two boys that were born, one to Hagar and one to Sarai. One was the son of the bond woman or the slave woman. The other was the son of the free woman. The free woman represents grace and the bond woman represents the Mosaic law. He is going now to point out the contrast between them in what he calls an allegory. Paul is not saying that the story of Abraham is an allegory. Some have interpreted this statement as meaning that. But no, Paul is saying that the incident of the two women who bore Abraham's sons contains an allegory. It has a message for us today. What happened in Abraham was also telling a story of what is now happening in this our time. But he who was of the born woman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Galatians 4 verse 23. Now, he who was of the born woman was born according to the flesh. There was the code of Hammurabi, which governed the culture in Abraham's day. It actually stated that the son of a slave woman was a slave. So even though Ishmael was Abraham's son, he was nevertheless a slave, according to the law. He who is of the free woman through promise. You see, Isaac was a miracle child. That is, his birth was miraculous. Abraham was too old to father a child. And Paul says that the womb of Sarai was good as dead. She had passed the age of childbearing. The womb of Sarai was like a tomb. And out of death, God brought forth life. And indeed, that is a miracle, my friend. Indeed, that is a miracle. Which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is 
Hagar. Galatians 4 verse 24. Which things are symbolic, meaning that these events in Abraham's life contain an allegory. And Paul is going to draw a lesson from it as we will continue to learn. For these things are the two covenants. You see, the first is the covenant of the law which Moses received from God on the Mount Sinai. Paul compares Hagar to Mount Sinai, which is synonymous with the Mosaic law. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Galatians 4 verse 25. Galatians 4 verse 25. You see, in Paul's allegory, Hagar is Mount Sinai, which corresponds to Jerusalem, the earthly Jerusalem of Paul's day, because she was still in slavery with her children. In other words, Jerusalem, representing the nation of Israel, was still under the bondage of the law. This is amazing to just see how the word of God is coming alive. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Galatians 4, verse 26. Jerusalem above is the new Jerusalem, which is presented to us in the 20th chapter of Revelation as it comes down from God out of heaven. As old Jerusalem is the mother city of those under the law, so the new Jerusalem is the mother city of the believer under grace. The believer neither here nor hereafter has any connection with legalism. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many children than she who has a husband. Galatians 4, verse 27. You see, from Sarai, who was barren until the birth of Isaac, there came more descendants than ever came even from Hagar. Today the Arabs are fewer than the children of Israel. Now, in this allegory, Paul is saying that God is serving under grace more members of the family than he ever served under the Mosaic law by the sacrificial system. Because now those who have now believed on the Lord Jesus Christ have become children of Abraham through faith. How many Christians are there in the whole world? The numbers are increasing daily, multiplying daily. So under grace, more people are being saved and brought into the family of Abraham. That is that faith, family of faith. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Galatians 4, verse 28. Believers today are also children of promise. Our birth is a new birth, which comes about by our believing God's promise. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what we read from John 3 verse 16. You see, God has said that if we trust him, we will be born again. 
First Peter 1 verse 23, having been born, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You see, the word of God is instrumental in the new birth. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Galatians 4 verse 29. My friend, actually the legalists had the gospel of the free grace of God. Christ was made a case for us. But if you don't accept what he did for you, you are saying that you are not guilty, but that he is guilty. There, in the Old Testament, the one who was born according to the flesh actually began to persecute the one who was born according to the spirit. Basically here, Hagar began to persecute Isaac. And this actually eventually led to the split of these sons when Sarai began to be unhappy and then Hagar had to be allowed to go. Therefore, Ishmael, Ishmael had to go. Ishmael was born according to the flesh. Isaac was born according to the promise and is of the spirit. The one according to the flesh was persecuting the one according to the spirit. And Sarai said, the bond woman, the slave woman should go away. Even God concurred and instructed Abraham to let the slave woman go away with her child. Now, these words of Paul are as relevant to us as in the day they were written, you see. It is still true for us that the one who does not belong the one of the flesh continues to fight the one of the spirit. The flesh fights the spirit. You see? But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so even it is now. The natural man hates the gospel of the grace of God. My friend, it is in us to hate the gospel because it doesn't require any doing on our part. The gospel does not require any work on our part. Rather, it glories in Christ and turns our eyes to him. It does not turn our eyes to ourselves. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bond woman and her son, for the son of the bond woman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Galatians 4 Verse 30. You see, God commanded the expulsion of the born woman and her son. And that is in Genesis chapter 21 verse 10. Today God is saying to you and me, get rid of your legalism. Get rid of your good works. Get rid of your self-efforts to become a child of God. Put all of the emphasis on Christ Jesus who died for you. Paul said, when I was among you, I resolved to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. Galatians 4 verse 31. Abraham could not have 
both the son of Hagar and the son of Sarai. He had to make a choice. Paul is saying that you can't be saved by law and grace at the same time. You have to make a choice. If you try to be saved by Christ and also to be saved by the law, you are not saved. Make a choice. One who wants to live by the law has to live according to the law. One who wants to live by grace, by faith, has to live by the same grace and be saved through it. Remember, the righteous shall live by faith. Let me ask you, have you really trusted Jesus Christ? Or are you carrying a, a spare tire, really, on your little omnibus? That is, do you feel that you are doing something or being something or trying to attain to something which aids to what Jesus did for you on the cross? If you do, forget it and look to Christ alone. Receive everything from him. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is to receive all the praise and all the glory. Put away the bond woman and her son. Put away the false notion that a man will be saved by what he does instead of being saved by what God has done for him. It is Christ who died for you. It is Christ who purchased your salvation. Believe in him. Today is the day of your salvation. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org